Going to throw here to Parker at the 20, at the 15, at the 10, at the 5. He is almost. He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got it in! He got it in! He got it in! Oh, doctor! Well, howdy. Welcome back to the Red Ass Podcast, where you too can be filled with stress and BS in front of the whole dang world. <laughs> One of us is not having a very good day. No, it's it. Yeah. Hopefully, this will all not be a thing here in the next uh, several hours. Um, hopefully. So anyway, I'm Rob, fighting Texas Ed class of 2014. Hey, this is Roy May, fighting Texas Ed class 2015. This is a red ass podcast, and we're going to talk about some random shit today. Yeah, about that, we have nothing on the docket. There is this is kind of king dead period. Yeah, and unfortunately, uh, basketball results haven't gone our way, uh, but they've got a great opportunity this evening uh, in Baton Rouge. So I'll be watching that. Um, hope they can uh, kind of right the ship. But um, no, so I got two topics, and, and for those of y'all that actually listen to this, God bless all seven of you. You're um, the best. Uh, you know, I love to come with random topics that Rob has no idea what I'm about to bring up. Yeah. So I want to talk about two things today. All right. Um, I want to talk about recruiting, but not like actual recruits. I want to talk, it's a little broader scope about recruiting and commitments and decommitments. Sure. And just the whole, the, the landscape of what recruiting is right now with NIL and all that stuff. Right. Uh, and then I want to touch on the Olympics. Yeah, that's probably fair. That's, so, those are coming up here next month, so. So, well, and not specific, the specific performance either, but... Like, so I want to start off with recruiting and the, the Harold Perkins decommit got me thinking <laughs> and what kind of a, a crazy wild west situation we have right now, um, because, you know, with the NIL and, um, and, and you know, I'll preface this by saying like, I obviously, I have no problem with players getting paid. I have no problem, um, with their ability to transfer, you know, one free transfer, um, and I understand that, you know, on the flip side of transferring while you're in school, I also know that, you know, when you're 17, 18 years old and making what, you know, obviously at the time is the biggest decision you've made in your life to that point. Yeah. Um, yeah, things things can can be difficult. You can get pressure from a lot of different areas. And, and some of these recruits we've seen over the years get pressure from bad areas and they get bad advice. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of one of those things, you know, you hang out with the wrong people thing. No, sure. But... Um, yeah, it was interesting just the way the NCAA just completely passed the buck this past week, basically saying that we're going to let the conferences dictate all kinds of stuff. And so if there were ever a, a just proof to back up both of our claims that the NCAA is just a worthless wet paper sack. Well, it's it's the thought process of we literally don't want to deal with it. We're going to leave it up to y'all. That's like, all it is. That's literally what it, you are diverting responsibility to lower institutions simply because you're too lazy to worry about it. You've passed all this stuff for NIL. And maybe you made, you're tired of getting blamed, maybe. I don't know. Right. You know, it's like you just want to wash your hands clean of a situation that you've had a hand in, you know? It's like, come on now. Anyway, it's just the whole situation has turned into very, it, it's going to be very interesting to see how it all pans out over the next several months, years. I, I think it'll be a couple of years before we ever get a, a full-blown grasp on the situation and it settles down into what it will be. Well, yeah, but I, I think it's going to be a couple of years before we get to that point. Well, you, you mentioned you know Wild West, which I think is absolutely true. I mean, it's complete lawlessness out there. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we're at a point where, you know, every it's like everybody's going to test the waters. You're going to see just how far out you can swim before the sharks get you. Yeah. You know, we we just got to keep on going out there until uh, some governing body finally steps up and says, okay. 
Pancake Factory is kind of a stupid thing. Figure it out. Well, the, whatever. The, the problem is when you start talking about conferences um, kind of policing their own stuff, no conference is going to kneecap their conference relative to the other conferences. So, yeah. so despite the NCAA being the governing body, you know, these conference commissioners are going to have to have their own meetings. Mm -hmm. You know, they're going to have to start scheduling an annual, you know, we all need to sit down and quarterly we have a Zoom meeting and... Um, because there's not a conference commissioner mm -hmm. that is going to willfully handicap his conference and the teams within it. Right. So, but but it got me thinking a little bit about the Perkins thing. And, you know, if, if you kind of, if you've, if you've seen the reports and videos and, and everything, you know, going back, you know, before the, the um, Under Armour game where he, uh, you know, where he committed, yeah, um, and then you know all the stuff that's kind of happened since. Obviously, you know, I think his commitment maybe was—I uh, I think he pulled the trigger a little fast. But, but again, it's a tough decision, and 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 he, he pretty much said like he didn't have a timeline when he decides he's going to commit, and you know he's going to commit. Uh, I, I will I will tell you this. Um, so just fun little inside information. Uh, nothing too uh, crazy to report one way or the other on it, but. Uh, I did uh, talk to uh, a very, very close coach to the situation, and he is definitely signing with us. He's just trying to play the well, game. Well, uh, I understand and that. To drag it out. I mean, yeah, that's, that's the main focus for him. I don't have any problem with, um, you know, with him taking visits or anything like that. So right. when it comes, and, and I'm not. This isn't to sit here. We're not specifically just going to talk about him. This, no. You know, this situation arose, and and it's the same thing that happens almost every cycle. This is really what I wanted to talk about. So I'm in the camp of, um, you know, give these kids money. I have no problem with the NIL sure. whatsoever. I think it's fantastic that they're finally getting paid. Because you mm -hmm. know what? That also means we get to buy, like, player-specific gear. Yeah. There's a lot of fans that, you know, love to do that. Sure. Um, and they're finally getting compensated for it, you know? So yeah. now you can bring back NCAA football if you want to. Which it's coming back yeah. in 23. Yeah, so, so, you, so you can pay them. Yeah. yeah. But... You know, we always go through this, and it, it's literally, it feels like it's every year where there's always a portion of every fan base where they have a decommitment or, or a kid decides to commit to a different school than, than theirs, and they maybe they thought he was a lean or something like that. Sure. And they start piling on these kids for, for their decision-making. And it, the piling on normally happens more so with decommitments than it does, uh, you know, committing elsewhere. Right. Unless unless you're the OU Twitter fan base, in which case, if you don't commit to OU, like they're they're cut, like they're literally coming for you and your entire family. Man, I mean that was they're completely insane. It's pretty wild. Uh, well, I mean, what else is there to do in Oklahoma? Twitter meth and meth. Well, <laughs> hey, hey, don't don't skimp out on those tornadoes. Come on now. Yeah. Good lord. So. Um, but it, it, it always it surprises me, and, and I feel like this year it surprises me more because of the situation with the NIL having opened up mm -hmm. and knowing that these kids are going to test waters and because pretty much the entire NIL situation right now is a gray area. There is no black and white area. Really. There's, there's, a, there's a tiny little fringe on either end of the spectrum where mm -hmm. you know for a fact that you can't go to a high school and offer this kid money to come to your school. Right. And you know for a fact that you can't make it specific to him um, you know, playing or you know, there's no performance stuff. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. You can't, and obviously, it can't be anything through the university. So, yeah, those are those are really the three rules. That's it, though. Mm -hmm. And and they're probably about as extensive as I just explained. So that's why there's so much gray area. Well, it just clears mud on a lot of other yeah. issues, you know. So, and, um, and if I'm these kids right now, 
Well, dude, take advantage of it, man. Literally every dollar that you can get, go get it. Because if it's available to you, why would you say no? Some of this is going to start getting regulated, so some of this money will be going away. Yeah. Or at least redistributed. Because there's going to come a point where, even though this is supposed to be coming from private entities, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I I can see Title IX complaints coming. Sure. Uh, And Title IX is a federal thing. That's not your conference. Right, yeah, (laughs) that'll extend. Um so, but but it always amazes me how, how the fan base reacts, and I just felt like maybe this year they'd understand that even if there's a decommitment or, you know, a kid goes elsewhere, that's just going to be kind of part of the Wild West this year. And this, like, this year, very specifically this recruiting cycle, it's one of those, like, just get in the saddle and hold on for dear life. Well, yeah, and I mean, all you have to do is, you know, look at what we accomplished in terms of, like, the recruiting cycle that we had. You know, like, I mean, and even even if Perkins ends up not coming back, you still have the best class in the country. Easy. Well, and there's still another target out there. And still there's, got Shamar Turner. Yeah, I'm about to say, we still have a, a handful of things that can and go our way. This is a reminder that we are in no way affiliated with the university or the program, so we can talk specifically about recruits. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, it, it's not for us, but for you know, as we keep up with these teams, as we keep up with these players, we are going to be fine. I'm not too worried about it. It's just I'm going to be really curious to see what kind of the long-term effects of these are going to be. As we get into um, you know the next recruiting cycle after that, do we have a similar class to this previous one? Do some of these players, maybe four or five stars, are thinking to themselves, man, I was expecting more playing time. All of a sudden, they're spreading out and going from there. Mm-hmm. It's just, it. We, we are at the root. Well, I mean, we're just at the base of the tree, and we're about to see branches just go off in all these different directions. It's about to be insanity. Well, see, you bring up an interesting point, and I really hadn't even thought about this before. So, our, you know, our, our big concern now with the NIL and the transfer portal is, if this kid is unhappy in any way, and and somebody from another school, or you know, not obviously with the university, but you know, mm-hmm. somebody affiliated or a grad from a, from another college can offer them a sweet NIL deal yeah. to basically pull them away from into like pull them into the transfer portal and get them to come to their school. Yeah. See, I think there's a flip side to this. Sure. If you have that kid that's a little disgruntled, mm-hmm. um, but he's getting NIL money, yeah, he might be more apt to stay. Well, I mean, so and, I think it could go both ways. Well, and I, there was something that somebody had mentioned at A and M, which I thought was a really interesting part of the deal. I don't know if this is for sure true, but if it is, it's brilliant. But Texas A and M does that have it set up like basically contracts for these kids when they come in with the NILs that you know there's not going you know the money flow stops the moment they decide to transfer. You know these things. There's no real recourse for these kids and no guarantees if they were to leave. Mm-hmm. So I mean, which I think is going to be totally fine. You know, I, well, regardless of what's going to happen. The the you know the contracts and 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 the reality is you know there there are some rules about how you can set it up. But obviously, if I like if if I have an nil opportunity for an athlete at a and M. If he goes somewhere else, I'm not going to keep paying him because it's my money and it's a, and I'm a private entity. Mm-hmm. So really, what it comes down to is the people that are facilitating these nil deals, these groups, or or kind of however they're setting themselves up. Um, you know, they just going to have to oh, in the wording in the contract. So it's it's funny where it's it's weird because when these 17 and 18 year olds are making these decisions, they're still in high school, and, and you know people get angry with them or, or or this and that. But then at 18 and 19 years old, we're like. Well, okay, you need to read this entire legal contract if you're going to get involved with this. Where's the, at what point have we given them the opportunity to grow up? 
Well, at what point? <laughs> at what point do we realize that this is a game? You know, at what point do it's we? It's not just, anymore. I know it's not a game. I get it. It's no different than any other professional sport at this point. But still, for us as consumers, this is you know, this is entertainment, man. You know, and I get that these kids are out here, but that's something important to remember. You are giving thousands upon thousands of dollars to kids that their families have never seen this kind of money in a lot of cases. So I can only imagine what's going through the mind of the kid and the people that are supporting them. Look at the parents. I mean, all you have to do is look at this Perkins situation and look at the family around them and how they've interacted with people on Twitter. They are involved because it matters to them. Well, and he's not the first, though, and he won't be the last. Absolutely not. But... See, if the NCAA, again, if the NCAA had a spine, right? So now, like, you know, it looks like they're going to continue to just deal power to the conferences. Sure. Or authority, whatever. Right. Um, as conferences, I think you have to start looking into mandatory, um, you know, you, you it, as an athlete, if you're coming in, whether you have an NIL deal or not, because... You know, you can't limit it to just those people. Right. So, you know, when you're going to come in and when you enroll and, and move in, you need to back that up a couple of days and you need to have, to manda- you have a mandatory, you know, two-day financial class. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to teach these kids because now all of a sudden they're going to be getting into amounts of money that they haven't previously earned. Because let's be honest, when you're a top athlete, you don't have the time to go have a kind of second job where you could really earn good money. No. it's you, you, you In high school, you devote your whole time to, to working out, bettering your craft, and making sure you pass your classes. Yeah. Well, and, and it, it's definitely tough for the college kid. And people always love to fall back on the argument of, oh, well, they're getting free education, and they have free food and free housing. And they're providing you entertainment. Yeah, so. but to say, I mean, they have more than earned their fair share, especially if you consider the kind of money, first off, A&M football is bringing in. The rest of the SEC is bringing in, you know, this, this league, it is very much a professional league and these kids need to be paid fairly. I get it. They're getting a free education, but they're also putting their, their physical bodies on the line, which could be in, you know, down the road detrimental to their career in this sport, which there's not a whole lot of people that leave college and start making seven, six, seven figures. In fact, very few, if any. Yeah. So their ability, while their you know career span and their kind of professional career isn't isn't long, you know, minus the random you know Tom Brady or guys like that, right. you know, they'll make a lot of money in a short amount of time. But if you take that away, you know, so it's it, it's that, I, and I and I kind of come full circle on this over probably the last twenty years or so, because a long time ago I was like, you know, just pounding my fist like amateur sport. We're going to ruin the game. We're going to ruin the game. And the reality is these kids deserve this. Well, yeah. And it, you bring up, you know, how much money A&M football pulls in. You know, if you tie that back, it's, I'm just kind of going to I'm gonna go down a little path here. Yeah. If if you tie that back into NIL and, and let's think about it, not what the football program is bringing in, but let's think about how much Aggies love to donate. Mm-hmm. Former students, right? right. We, we are, you know, the, the 12-man foundation, um, uh, the association, uh, all that stuff. You know, they're always calling asking for money, but it ain't because they're broke, right? It's because yeah. they know Aggies love to give. Yeah. So does this does this over a five to ten year span shift who the power slice blue bloods are based off the wealth of their alumni? It very well could. I mean, at the end of the day, the performance on the field is the most important thing. It's not really the money. It's not really the money. 
but all that to be said, I mean, all you have to do is look at the University of Texas. Yeah, are they a traditional, quote-unquote, blue blood? 100%. However, that has not translated on the field. Neither has Nebraska. At some point, you got to think that, yes, money does matter, and it will bring in top-level players. You still have to execute that. Well, you still have to execute. I mean, some of these kids, like Walter Nolan, they'll just straight out tell you, like, it's not about the money. It's about me getting to the league. Yeah, the money, he knows the money comes later. But look, some of these kids... It's, for lack of a better term, it's going to be a bit of a bidding war. And that doesn't mean they're not wildly talented. So, yeah. so you know, some of these bidding wars, you hope that your NIL, you know, alums can, can figure it out. Mm-hmm. But you bring up Texas, and I think that's an interesting parallel. And, and some part of it's just because I don't, you know, I'm not really up to date on the demographics of universities around the nation. Sure. But you look at um, kind of the growing alumni population, you know, f- from – or, you know, what's their newer stock of alumni. Yeah. You know, Texas X is whatever they're called. Sure. Um, and then you look at kind of the demographic and makeup of our, the, our growing former students. Yeah. And first of all, because we're a larger university, we're growing at a larger rate. Of course. Yeah. But then you also look at, and I don't care if you don't want to, want to hear this or not, but you look at the difference in... Um, like A&M kicks out ag majors and engineering majors and business majors. And those are the three massive schools, you know, at A&M. Everything else kind of falls in, falls in line behind them. Right. right? Ag people, engineers, business people, mm-hmm. tend to be sports lovers. Oh, yeah. They love sports. And honestly, they make the world kind of go round. So, they yeah. They pay good money. They pay good money to make the world go round. Um, and so you're... You're growing a, a, a portion of your fan base, you know, your former students who will have the money to be able to contribute. Yeah. Whereas when you look at a school like Texas, and look, Texas obviously has an amazing business school. They got right? a great business school. Um, but Texas puts a lot of emphasis. One, they have a smaller student population. Yeah. And two, they put a lot of emphasis on liberal arts. Sure. And what's what's? I mean, there's no reason to dance around this. If you took a hundred engineer majors and a hundred business and a hundred ag and a hundred liberal arts. And you just ask them, you know, you could pose a question, have you missed a game since you've been a student? Mm-hmm. Or how many games have you missed since you've been a student? Right. You know? It's going to be limited for it's the, the numbers will bear out. Yeah. Whether you want to hear this or not, sometimes it's just the truth in life is the truth in life. The numbers will bear out the mm-hmm. liberal arts music majors. My mom's a music major. Sure. Went to North Texas, majored in music. Um, did, did, you know, she's been teaching piano for a million years. She was in North Texas while me and Joe Green was there. Right. She never went to a football game. Right. She's a piano a music major. I mean, it wasn't, it's not a major focus. Doesn't interest her. Well, yeah, it's not a major focus. I mean, I will say whenever I was first looking at colleges back in 2008, you know, uh, whenever I was looking around, going between the campuses, you could kind of just feel, even in the spring, that there was differences in atmosphere. University of Texas and University of North Texas were both very similar. You walked Mm -hmm. on campus and you just felt like, if you weren't like just strictly there for academia, you felt like you were out of place, and people were looking at you like, "Oh, this dude's like school spirited." That's kind of weird, especially in North Texas. Yeah, they're 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 there for the degree, they're there for the college experience, but it's not necessarily like they're big on school no. spirit. Whereas that's a good way to put it. Whereas you go to like you know when the you know, first school I went to is University of Texas. The second one was Texas A and M University. I get on campus here in the. First thing that happens, somebody comes walking up to me in a big maroon shirt with a big fat ATM on it. And said, "Howdy, how you doing? Oh, you're looking for the, uh, you know, the 
O&M building? It's right over there. It's got yeah. the big radar dish on it. It's awesome. We may be an unfair standard to compare to, though. <laughs> no, but, in, but in the same deal, like, it's similar at the University of Oklahoma. It's similar at, the, at Texas Tech, right? Yeah, take A&M out of it. And think about, like, SEC schools. Sure. Yeah, and so Mississippi with, State. With maybe the exception of Vanderbilt, you know? I mean, yeah. I mean, you look at any of the non-private SEC schools, and it's pretty universal. These are places that, one, invest in their athletics. No doubt about it. But, you know, the alumni bases of all these schools they're are, rabid. are they're rabid and they're growing. Every yes. single one of them is growing. So I so I think what you what you could see, and you know, this is just me literally just kind of thinking out loud. But I was thinking about this the other day. Is you could see where there will be different universities that become the power brokers, which yeah. turns them into blue bloods. Sure. And again, I'm not talking about the universities themselves. Um, if you look, if one school's doing it illegally, they all are. All right? Yeah. No. But whereas you have a place like Texas, where like they're the kind of liberal arts demographic and how that kind of relates to sports. You're kicking out more and more graduates that care less and less about sports. So while they may give back to the university, approaching them to do something private, the NIL sector, they'll look at you like you can go kiss their ass. Well, and that's a very real possibility. I mean, it's no question that if you had to ask like the general Aggie versus the general Longhorn, who actually gives a crap about what's going on at their school athletically, the average Aggie is going to be a far more invested. Just look at attendance. Yeah, literally, just look at the stadium twelve times or six times. Well, let's just look at let's look at this past weekend. I mean, you know, we can t- say what we said about basketball and whatnot, but you had an unranked Texas A and M hosting Ken, uh, Kentucky. Oh, on Wednesday, right? It's and then set an attendance record, right? And then Tuesday, the day before, Texas ranked at home against Kansas State. There was nobody there. It looked, it, seriously. I mean, conference game. Yeah. In the biggest it, basketball conference in the, in the nation. They were in the ACC. That's, you know, the, the Big 12 is good at basketball. The, I mean, they're phenomenal at basketball. All you have to do is look at, you know, Kansas is good. Texas Tech is good. Texas is good. West Virginia. West Virginia is good. You know, these are all good. Iowa State pro- this year. Iowa Oklahoma. State's back. You know, Oklahoma's normally solid. So these are all really dominant programs. For basketball. Oh, by the way, Baylor won a national championship. Yeah, and Baylor so. just won. Yeah, Baylor just won an Addy, and yet for whatever reason, Texas can't, can't. sell out that arena. They can't. The, the only time I've been to that arena is at the Irwin Center, and that what they call it. Yeah, the only time. Yeah, the drum. The only time the I've. Drum. I, I mean, <laughs> the only time I've ever been there was for a North Carolina game, and that you know they won that game mm. on a late three. It was a great environment. It was a lot of fun. I wore Carolina blue because, you know, screw them. <laughs> anyway, uh, but we walked into this thing. And if it weren't for the Carolina fans, that place wouldn't have been sold out. The Carolina yeah. fans packed that thing out. Yeah, it's. I, I think it's. It's just. It's something interesting to look at, and and maybe it's not just like instead of using Texas A and M versus Texas, and sure, and, and and you know what, we'll take the colleges out of it. Sure, let's just talk about attendance. Yeah. Let's, I mean, how many students? I mean, we're what seventy thousand bajillion students right now. Pretty close, yeah. And close, so close to seventy. Just the amount of former students that we kick out on a regular basis. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we're growing. You know, our uh, former student base or our alumni base exponentially well, towards and, other schools. Well, and the crazy part is, you know, and, and people will argue about this ad nauseum on Texags and wherever else. They say, oh, A&M is becoming a diploma mill. I tend to disagree, and here's why. While our alumni is growing, it does reflect the growth of the state. 
you know, we have seen an increase in the population. So naturally, you see an increase in the population at the school and the university. Yeah, but I'd say and the university. It the the university itself is growing the town is growing everything about this area is growing. physically growing we have a relis campus now yeah you know? so it's, it's it's all moving up it's all growing out and the thing is because we have the ability to do so we actually have land you know mm-hmm. various other schools once again not named are kind of landlocked yeah, well texas landlocked yeah that's why if you you look at you know if they wanted to do things like for their practice facilities because those football players like take a bus and they walk to, to get to get their uh, practice uh, like their their bubble yeah it's division. It's Texas football, and you're having to, yeah, take a bus and, and walk. Like that's just completely insane to me. Like that's some high school shit, mm-hmm. you know. So, I I think it'll be interesting because the NIL stuff will settle down, and I, well, it'll just come to a mean. You know, I don't think it's ever gonna. You know, we'll never get back. To, it's out of the bag. You know? Sure. Yeah. Um, we let them go. But it'll it'll get to the point where. Everything's kind of normalized, you know. Yeah, eventually we will have systems in place. That right. There will be rules, regulations, and it won't just be like, "Hey, here's the three things. Everything else is fair game." There will be a guideline. And and that's why what you see right this very second is the schools that were prepared to do it. Yeah, pulled the damn trigger. They pulled. They were like, "All right, it's legal. Let's go." And that was it. Well, I mean, case in point. I mean, just look here. I mean, my goodness. Well, look at Tex Eggs. So, as soon as it got announced, Tex Eggs had one-on-one interviews with a ton of players. They were ready for it. I mean, it was built for that. They were ready for it. Yeah, it was built for that. And you caught with your pants down? That is, it's that's a reflection of you. Right, and you have to be ready and willing to adapt to the environment mm-hmm. that you're in. So, that that's awesome. I mean, it's, it's and I think NIL. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see how everything pans out with it. I'll be interested to see what the mean is. You know, when it finally settles down mm-hmm. and there's kind of regulations, I'm I'm wondering what that'll end up being. Yeah. But so all right. So your second topic. My second topic is the Olympics, but it's not talking about performance. Although I will say, uh, congratulations. There are two Army soldiers that uh, made the bobsled team. Awesome. Very groovy. We have a... Very groovy. Um, it's the WCAT program, a world-class athlete program. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a lot of times you'll see uh, like martial arts or stuff like that in the Summer Olympics comes, yeah. comes from WCAT. Um, uh, but um, wrestling too, you know, a, sure. a handful of things. But um, I wanted to get more into the I'm going to boycott the Olympics talk. All right. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's it's the closer we get to the Olympics, the more and more it's growing and growing. And I've seen it for a year or so now. Well, here's my question: Why? Yeah. Well, okay. And and I'll phrase this as best as I can for an opinion that I don't hold. Mm-hmm. Um, so because it's China, they're communist. Uh, because of you know, human human rights violations. Yeah. Okay. Um, so there's obviously a you know, upset about that. And then you tack on, like, in the last 24, 48 hours, was it Xi, isn't that his name? The president or whatever, or dictator or, I don't know, leader of the communist Chinese Communist Party. Yeah, whoever it is. Um, he came out and he was like, yeah, that whole clean earth thing, you guys can stick it. We actually need to produce more coal. <laughs> he basically just told the planet to, 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 to shove it up their tailpipe. Wow. So, um, so there's, you know, a lot of unrest about supporting it. It's kind of the same thing. You know, with us uh, as Premier League fans being upset about uh, Newcastle and, and the Saudi owners, um, although that was a little bit more money flash or anything. Sure. But maybe maybe a better uh, uh, correlation would be as football fans, uh, yeah, footy, soccer, sorry, uh-huh. um, the World Cup in Qatar or Qatar, however you which say. which is a completely screwed up situation in a lot of ways. Absolutely, it really is. Now, the thing is with the World Cup. Everything about global soccer 
is completely corrupt. Well, yeah, I mean that's that's not a shock for anybody <laughs> so, at this point. So, and I think that's where you see the difference between like FIFA, sure, and the IOC. Mm-hmm. The IOC, more often than not, is just incompetent. Right, you know, they just they're, they're um... they've had some issues with you know with some nefarious things, but generally speaking, FIFA is willingly, willfully, and incredibly corrupt. Uh-huh. Uh, and then some of the officials literally don't even try to hide it. Oh. <laughs> and the IOC, while they've obviously had issues with corruption, as every major sporting governing body will have over time, mm-hmm. they're they're just kind of dumb, right? Um, and so so everybody's talking about they they're going to boycott the Olympics because they're in China. And and mm-hmm. here's my take on this: if we as as a country, the United States, decide to boycott the Olympics, mm-hmm. literally not send our athletes right Mm -hmm. if that's what we decide then i have no problem with that it's it's awful for the athletes i get it because a window to be a a, a, you know world-class athlete and and win an olympic medal is not very big outside of a couple of sports Mm -hmm. you know there's only a couple of sports where a couple of sports or a couple of people that have enough staying power to stick around and go to four olympics you know Mm -hmm. so i mean i'd feel bad for the athletes but if that was a decision we made as the United States saying, "Hey, China, go after yourself." Mm-hmm. I'd be, yeah, I'd be behind that. But since we're not, since uh, the United States IOC, yeah, uh, or the, since the United States Olympic Committee, excuse me, yeah, um, has decided to send our athletes, yeah, why wouldn't you support them? Absolutely, go out there and support them best you can. I mean, that's their whole. I mean, they're out here representing this country, which you know, at this point, is, represent, well, well. Here's the deal: in the era, at the absolute peak of it, not being cool to support this country for the average person, it is. They're still doing it. We're they're doing it. They're going out there, wearing the red, white, and blue. Go support them. What's your problem, otherwise? You know, and and here's another way to look at it: instead of boycotting it, watch it, because how much is it a, a you know? Stick it up your butt if we go to China and win all the medals from them. Well, but I'd say considering China typically is the one that we're having to compete with for virtually everything. Go to China and beat them on their own turf, man. I mean, honestly, that's that's a very... It's funny you should mention that because if you consider the Olympics in 1980 and you consider what that Winter Olympics was, mm-hmm. you know, you consider the U.S. and Russia. This is still peak... Cold War, B- baby. BS with Cold War, right? And, of course, we are sitting there watching these two sides argue back and forth. And, you know, the U.S., you know, Carter says, we're going to boycott the 80 Summer Olympics. And Russia said, well, screw you. We're going to come over to the U.S. and whip your ass on your own ice, which they did not do. Yeah. However, they at least had the balls to go out there and do it. We should do the same. So, and and here's the parallel. And, obviously, not quite the same situation. At least we hope so. Uh-huh. But the 1936 Olympics, they're in Berlin, right? And this is 36, so it's three years before good old Hitler rolled into Poland. Right. Everybody's, you know, this is back when Hitler was like man of the year, like Times Man of the Year one year. And it's right. Just, you know, everybody thought he was such a great dude that he was bringing Germany back to, to be a member of the, of the global community. Right. And so Berlin gets to host the Olympics in 36, and Jesse Owens goes over there and just beats the shit out. Whipped, whipped him. <laughs> Just whipped him. <laughs> well, you know, you know the, this this theoretical, you know, superior race thought process, right? Just you know, just goes and just there, went over there, and, sh- and just shoved it down Hitler's throat, as he should. And so, given that, while tensions are quite the same, and I certainly hope that in three years, Chinese doesn't China doesn't decide to invade Poland. Um, 
Yeah, just go over there and beat their ass. Yeah. So, like, I'm look, I'm an Olympics freak. Oh, we love the Olympics. I, I love the Olympics. Quick this question. Is, Quick question. What is your favorite sport? Uh, what, winter? Like Winter. Winter? Yeah. Man, I got to be honest. So, the last Winter Olympics, I watched so much stuff kind of outside my bubble that that's a little bit harder for me. Um, mm-hmm. For Winter Olympics, it's, it's a toss-up for me. Mm-hmm. It's either the bobsled. Yeah. Um... The two man, I like sure. I like the, I like the faster I, you know I, I like the smaller kind of more mobile mm-hmm. one, um, although the four man is power. Oh yeah, uh, so oh, bob, so I'll just say bobsled. So bobsled, I, so I, awesome. or speed skating. Speed skating is also awesome. Love speed skating, but you know what I fell in love with last Winter Olympics was a combination, um, both cross country skiing and then I watched biathlon like almost religiously because I yeah. saw the first one I was like, this is. Yeah, I mean, I knew what the biathlon was, but I'm right. not going to find me, you know, hanging out watching the biathlon. Right. I watched it, and you'd think, you know, just, and it's basically cross country skiing with a right. rifle, you know, with a little air, damn near air rifle. Right. And you would think it's boring, and there's probably three or four that are the best in the world, and everybody else sucks. And, and you know, over this long race, they're going to sort themselves out. And you had races literally going down to, like, photo finish in cross country skiing. Yeah, the wire. So, so I, I did fall in love with that, and I am a, uh, self-admitted, insane curling fan. Well, and that's that was going to be my bit was curling for me, right? I love curling. Curling's I phenomenal. Love it. I still need to get down to Sugarland. Oh yeah, for sure. But yeah, I know I love 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 curling, and I I think it's so hilarious how curling kind of evolved, you know, with with the United States and fan support. Yeah. You know, it was like curling, and then it was like. There was an Olympics or two where it was a joke to sit down, like, come on over, curling's on. So everybody, like, they turn it into parties and people watch it. Yeah. But then, you know, when you watch something, you find yourself rooting for it. Yeah. So, because so, you're rooting for it because it's the U.S., right? Right. It's USA, I'm going to root for them, we'll see. And then, you know, the U.S. wins, or it's a, or it's a close match. Right. And you find yourself starting to maybe look at the rules. All right, well, how yeah. does this work? Yeah, you know? how does it work? So you learn the sport, and then you realize the sport's pretty cool. Yeah. You, you, it's possible. I mean, if you're a Texan, you played shuffleboard in a bar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? I mean, it's no different in a lot so, of ways. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so, and, and then it, like, there were a couple of characters on the on the national teams. Yeah. You know, that were kind of goofy, and one of them, like, that had that awful, massive 70s cop stash, mm-hmm. uh, and, like, the mullet. And it's funny how, mm-hmm. you know, we're fans because it's kind of a joke, you know, like, oh, yeah, that dude's a baller, even though he looks like he's turned out of a trailer park. Mm-hmm. But but then it turns into, hey, we've got a good team. Hey, this is awesome. Oh, my, holy shit, I like curling. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. I love curling. I think it's a fantastic sport. And, you know, like I said, the team finally came across and put it out there and just told everybody, hey, we're going to be good at this and went out there and did a great job. That- one, one of my favorite athletes is actually, I guess, like whoever the captain is for the Scottish women's team. Mm-hmm. She's one of my favorites. Absolutely love her. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to checking that out. So. It's very specific. Very specific. But like I said, she's, she's great at what no, she does. But I, yeah, I, I love, love curling. Mm-hmm. Love it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so those are, I mean, those are the two things. I, like, I'm watching the Olympics. I'm oh, all yeah. in on Same it. Same here. Yeah, I've, I've got Peacock Premium, so you know, I'll be watching more Olympics than what's just on TV. Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited for the Olympics. Um, I always am. I love that they went to the right. every two years thing. Uh-huh. Uh, I think that was one of the best moves on the planet. Oh, I agree. So we get Olympics, you know, every two years we get to see the Olympics. So I'm going to wait for, you almost forget about mm-hmm. the Olympics, you know? Yeah. So, 
Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited to watch the soldiers on the bobsled. I hope they do well. Jamaica got a team qualified. So Finally. J- Jamaican bobsled will be back. Right. Um, so, you know, Olympics should be a ton of fun. Alpine skiing is fun to watch, too. Oh, yeah. Those guys, those, they're insane. Oh, they're absolutely Like some of the camera views they have, you know, and use now with drones and everything. And you mm-hmm. realize, you know, the older coverage of Alpine skiing, right. you know, they just had a bunch of stationary car- uh, cameras just mm-hmm. pitted down the mountain. Right. And then they, some of these views they show and you realize how steep and how high they are. Mm-hmm. And it is completely insane. Mm-hmm. Like you understand why when they're like, if they completely wreck out, mm-hmm. like they damn near have to get life lighted. Right. Which is crazy. You're not going to see that curling. No, <laughs> no, you're not going to see it's that It's some stub toast, maybe. No, no but it's, yeah. And it, it's, I mean, it's not an easy sport to do. I mean, in, it really, a lot of those are, I mean, and you know what I'm looking forward to like, you know, some of this snowboarding i'm looking forward to the skiing yeah i'll know? watch the snowboard yeah i'll watch the skiing at... oh, yeah like was it sean white he's back again yeah like he won't he won't go away no <laughs> no he will him. not yeah all, all the the you know carrot top impersonator man i love him hope he goes out there and kills it again i don't uh i don't watch a ton of figure skating right um i'll watch the pairs mm-hmm. uh, a little bit but I'm, I'm not the biggest figure skating fan. Oh, that's fair. I hate to say it. Well, I, it goes into the fact that I can't skate. Oh, sure. It's like, it, honestly, it's just, it's brutal how much I love hockey and mm-hmm. can't ice skate. But, yeah, um, it's okay. It's, All right. That checks out. Exactly. But yeah, so that about wraps it up for this week. We got a bit of a short show. Uh, we got some time hacks that we've got to hit. Um, and, yeah. you know, Rob and his no good, horrible, terrible, very bad day continues. Yeah, we're um, trying to get it sorted. So, uh. But uh, I'm excited. I uh, I finally am making the next step in my career. I'm going to work for Megan Bach at Megan Bach Realty here in town. That's exciting. Um, I'm, I'm very excited. That is awesome. I get to uh, you know uh, take my real estate exam tomorrow morning, and that is going to yeah. be so much fun. I hope I just nailed it the first time, so I don't have to worry about it again. Yeah, I'm just glad that it's over with, so I can actually get to work. But uh, yeah, I'm super excited to be working for Megan. So you know, if you're here in town, you want to buy or sell and let me know but uh yeah def- definitely give roy a, a holler because that'll be that'd be awesome but um but yeah outside of that you got any shows coming up so i know you're going down to practice yeah uh, we're, we're playing in the backyard in waco this friday and then we'll be at el campo uh, uh greek bros oyster bar down there with giovanni and the hired guns so come out here and party with us it'll be a good time i promise i will be a little bit more chipper than i am right now Everything will be fine. So this too shall pass, Robert. Oh, I know it will. So uh, oh, uh, Premier League know. transfer update news. I'm a West Ham fan. There is no update. There's yep. your update. All right, this is Liverpool fan. Uh, we got a couple of players that are doing well in the African Cup, so that's always good. Oh yeah, Afcon. So, uh, yeah, Ola. Old Salah scored the game winner. Big shocker there. On a penalty, no less, because penalty pool. Yay, us. <laughs> do what we do best. I haven't been watching the AFCON. Nah, yeah, no. Premier League's on a break till February 5th, so you know, the transfer window ends in six days, five days. Yeah, so we'll keep an eye on that, see if anything crazy happens at the end. But uh, right now, just uh, I'm trying to get some stuff sorted on my end. Yeah, I'll tell you what, uh, next week, one thing we will cover is, because it'll be wrapping up, mm-hmm. um, it'll be wrapping up the transfer, the January transfer window for Premier League, right. so we will touch on that next week, um, just just a little bit, maybe give a, a final predictions for a little bit uh, sure. for Premier League, so you got any Premier League questions, send them in, you got anything you want sure us to thing. talk about? Um, final predictions, uh, 
Man City's won the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> but like Champions Europa rele- relegation. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so if you got it, but uh, if you got anything else you want, want us to talk about, you know, feel free to send it in. You can DM the the Twitter. You can DM one of us, or you can just reply on the you know on the thread. So I hope you all are having a wonderful week. Hope you're enjoying what is a nice uh, kind of moderate winter right now. Yeah. And uh, and I hope you guys are all staying safe. And uh, beat the hell out of LSU. Yeah, beat the hell out of LSU. All right, we'll see you all next week. Yeah.